All right. Well, welcome to Taking Up Your Time with Bobby Benavides. I'm your host, Bobby Benavides, and I am excited to be on this episode with you today as we talk to Joey Stepp. Joey Stepp is a comedian, magician, uh, magician slash comedian uh, who has some great work going on in Charleston, West Virginia, um, Huntington, West Virginia, basically all over um, doing some great work. So uh, enjoy that conversation. Uh, but first, of course, I got to share with you that March 1st, I'll be back on the mic. Uh, the Loft 129 in Cumberland, Maryland. Excited about doing that show. Um, and then, of course, March 5th, I have a um, private fundraiser experience uh, at Jimbo's Bar and Grill in Elkins, West Virginia. And um, then I know that also April 19th and 20th, I'm going to be down in St. Albans at the Alban Arts Center with uh, Jamal Harrington and several others. And so that's going to be fun. Um, Jamal is going to be a guest on this podcast here very soon, too. So a lot of good things happening, a lot of big things, and uh, more to come. So keep an eye out, watch the website, watch Facebook, all that jazz, because this going to be some fun stuff. So I guess now, hold on tight, because here's the conversation with Joey Stepp. All right, well, Hey, Joey, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. So, um, you know, we haven't met in person. I've heard a lot about you, you know, but I've uh, I've seen your stuff on online. So I'm excited to just talk about what you what you do and how you're doing it. So so magic and comedy, man. So so how long have you been doing magic? Let's talk about that first. Um, let's say I'm 42. Let let. I'll give myself credit for 20, 22 years. Um, I started when I was in my 20s. I was a college football player at Marshall. And um, I actually was a flair bartender before I got into magic and uh, flipping bottles, juggling and doing that sort of thing. And as as a football player at Marshall, as a poor college football player at Marshall, I started bouncing. Bouncing turned into bartending. Bartending turned into me seeing a bartender in Miami, Florida, flipping bottles. And it's like, man, I think I can do that. Like, that looks fun. So I obsessed over learning how to juggle bottles while I bartended. And the money that I was making was just crazy. So then one day I saw a magician in Columbus, Ohio, and I thought, man, I bet I can entertain people with a deck of cards. And it was, you know, be, being a comedian yourself, like there's not a perfect place to practice comedy. Like there's just not. Mm-hmm. But the bar was the perfect the bar was the perfect place to practice magic because people came in just hanging out. Hey, can I show you a card trick? One card trick turned into two card tricks, turned into other tricks. They would get drunk, bring their friends the next night. Then I was able to practice lines. And um, and, and the comedy came from, like, of course, I'm, I'm a magician first, but I, I love comedy. Like, I wish that I've never tried to stand up on stage, and I really should, but I've never tried to stand up on stage and just be a comedian. All of my comedy mm-hmm. comes from one-liners and, you know, this big push right now, which we'd probably get to it anyway if I didn't bring it up. But, you know, the, the whole crowd work push that's going on on TikTok. Magicians have been doing crowd work since the ages. You know, yep. pick, hey, I'm, I'm bringing you up on stage. You're a part of the crowd. I'm going to work with you. And all my jokes are based around the information that I gained from you. So it's it's been it's been a practice for about 20 years. And I was just fortunate enough that bartending five to six nights a week i got a lot of practice yeah that's that's awesome yeah i think um that's you know the crowd work thing is something we will talk about i think it'd be it'd be great because i think that um from a magician perspective i'm sure you have a um a pretty good mindset of like when it's right to use crowd work and when it's not you know who who to pick out in the audience to work with 
um you know one of my favorite even when i was even when i was a kid uh there was my favorite comic um magician guy was the amazing jonathan yes yeah i mean and, and i know he passed away a couple of years ago um or i mean probably longer than that now i don't know but um but i used to love watching him do the work that he did on stage his his one-liners his his funny comments but also just just the stuff he would pull magic wise. So, well, and again, the amount of laughs that he would get out of stuff that was like really not nothing complex. You know, he used, he used to have a a bottle of Windex that had some type of blue liquid in it and pretend to drink like just, and, and again on, on, and I'm a weird mix because I'm self-taught all my magic. I've been to a few conferences and have a few magic friends, but like I just started learning from videos and this was back, um, I'm 42. I don't know how old you are, but I remember before YouTube was around and it was, I was buying DVD mm-hmm. back then, VHS tapes and then DVDs. And I literally would learn a trick and go in and do it as many times as I could in a bar and figure out what worked. Same as, you know, we all go to open mic mm-hmm. nights and just try tricks. And we know some, like you write it down, like that trick might not get laughs, but it might get laughs. And I was just fortunate enough that it was just, I, I vomited all this practice real time, getting paid just practice. And it, it was awesome. But yeah, uh, amazing. Jonathan, there's a guy that I, I've never met. Um, I want, I, I was on a team's meeting with him in a, on a conference kind of seminar. His name's John Archer. He's from England, I think, but he's got the same style as me. He, um, he does really good magic tricks, but in the really good magic tricks, he kind of has like a soft heart and is funny with it. Um, but yeah, you know, man, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a unique blend. Um, people that see my show, you know, they're always like, man, this is not what I expected because I don't want it. And this is I get a lot of hate for this, but I'm I'm not a nerdy magician. I'm not the top hat, dress coat, dress slacks. I'm not I'm not a professional magician for that sense. But my magic's pretty damn good. And um, <clears throat> but in the whole while on the whole thing is, you know, people are going to leave thinking, wow, that was a lot of fun. I'm going to laugh a lot. But I don't know. It's it's working so far, I guess. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. So, so then when you step on stage, right, you go ahead and you, let's talk about the crowd work aspect of things. So you step on stage, you start talking to people, you start doing your thing. Like, how do you, how do you pick out, right? That like, what, I mean, like, do you do something ahead of time or do you do something before? Um, or do you like just, or do you just look at them from the stage? I'm always, before my show, I'm always in the crowd. Like I, one, um, got the show coming up. Going to have um, hopefully have you if if you're able to be there, and uh, of course Brian Thomas and Angie. But I'll be in the crowd watching, and I'll see how people react. And you you know being on stage, you can tell the good people by the smile on their face. You can tell the fun people. Now I've I've, I've failed a whole lot of my shows picking the right person. Um, one thing that is different than me, and this is this is I'm gonna call it a red flag, but not not so much a red flag, but one of my biggest downsides. But it also makes me unique. I only know my first trick and my last trick. The rest of the mm-hmm. show, like I have, and it's, it's a hodgepodge. I have a, I have a briefcase that I work out of. And then I, I have a table set up on my right hand side that has tricks. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm versatile enough that if it, let's say it's a family show. I had, I had a family show. I don't remember when it was December. I had a Christmas show at the Alban theater, same place. I've got the show coming up April 13th and um, it's, it's a family show. So I'm expecting a bunch of kids. Cause I do shows for kids. I get there. Mm-hmm. There's, two, there's two kids. There's an eight year old, a 10 year old and the rest are adults, but I'm prepared to do a show for that. If it's all kids, I'm prepared to do a show for that. Like I'm kind of versatile. One being being a magician, 
in this area, and of course, you being from um, Elkins, like there's not enough business just in this one area in this one topic for me. I've mm-hmm. got kids shows, business shows, corporate shows. My new my 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 passion is to do shows for athletes. But um, but I know my first trick, and my first trick is almost always a card trick, and into and it's there's there's laughs in all of it. And as I'm doing that trick, I'm looking in the crowd to figure out, oh, that person's going to be perfect for this trick. And that person's going to be perfect for this trick. And then someone blurts out something I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this trick with that person. Um, so it kind of just falls into place. Um, mm-hmm. and, and again, not to, like I told you, I can ramble forever. Um, in December, I did a corporate show for a coal company. And um, mm-hmm. the coal company, I, I picked the wrong person. I picked a person that was trying to ruin my show. I thought she was going to be oh. great. I thought she was going to be great. I pulled up. I do. I do a. I do a routine. It's it's a mind reading routine. But I don't. I, I I tell people that I can't read the mind. That it's all tricks because you know, like your mind's your most powerful thing. And I go through the spill. But I bring her up on stage, and we're standing back to back, and she doesn't know that I'm looking at a book, and she's going. I got the same book she's looking at, and she, all she has to do is tell me what page number she's on, and I pretend to know all the words. It's a gag. Hmm. Well, she won't. She won't tell me the page number. She's like, "Your magic, figure it out." And then I'm like, oh, so then I try again. And of course, you got to keep you cool. And I try again. And, you know, we've all dealt with hecklers, but it's another level when the hecklers on stage with you. Yeah. So I simply just turned around. I said, it was about 300 in the crowd. I said, everybody give her a round of applause, let her go to her seat. Well, then her husband decides that he wants to be part of the show. And they're open bar. They're all drinking. And it's a corporate gig. And it's supposed to be a PG show. So he says, let me be part of the show. And I, I already met my mark. I do an hour show. I already met my mark. So I'm ready to just close it up, especially after that. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, brainstorming, you know, on, on, on the fly, I've got to do a trick that he can't ruin. So it's going to be a trick that I do with an app on my phone. I was like, all right, sir, I need a three di- three digit number. And he says, well, I bet your weight's a three digit number to where I replied, Hey dummy, is your weight not a three digit number? I know you don't weigh 99 pounds. <laughs> Which got a huge laugh, but it turned the whole crowd against it. So then he got worse, and it, yeah. it was it was it was out of I, I wish I wish I knew how many shows that I've done since I was twenty, but let's I, I have no clue. But I average about ten shows a month. But let's say I've done two thousand shows. That is the first time that I truly felt like I lost my cool on stage. I threatened to fight him. Now, in a funny way, they all got yeah. a thousand. They all got a thousand dollar bonus, and um, I literally was like, "I'll fight you right now for your thousand dollar Christmas bonus." <laughs> <laughs> and then and then in my mind I'm going, what did you just say? But you can't go back yeah. on it. Then I had to make yeah. it fun. But yeah, it's <clears throat> I basically just roll through, pick them as they go. Um I've I've picked kids like it's worse with little kids, but I've picked young people up on stage and when they get on stage, like just talking to them, kind of know that something's there, maybe they're on the spectrum, and then have to figure it out while we go. But it all it it's always beautifully created in the moment um it's it's some of the funnest Mm -hmm. things about my show that's cool yeah so i think like that that would be difficult i think that um you know if you have people who don't want to work with you you know if you want to like if you find the if you get the wrong person not wanting to work with you i think it'd be very dangerous but again like you've seen and i've seen like the comedy you know comedians who are working on the stage who have um people who are not wanting to work with them you know or they 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 heckle with a kind of a a hateful tone or they just want to make you feel like and so you had to sometimes turning it on them is honestly a a fun thing to do you know especially if i mean you could do it in a classy way you know you don't have to you don't have to be hateful to them but it's just learning how to handle it correctly you know and and and, and 
keeping your cool is very important. Um, it's almost like when you watch the movie Roadhouse, you know, with Patrick Swayze. You know, um, I have, I'm not going to watch. I don't know if I'll watch the new one that's coming out, but just because I, I out of principle. Um, but I don't but know the, that I don't know that I'll be able to watch Conor McGregor in a movie. <laughs> I like I like Conor Conor McGregor, but I don't know that I'm going to like that arrogant, cocky. I, I just don't know. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it might make people hate him even more. I don't know, but um, but like, but anyway, when when Patrick Swayze is doing his thing, you know, he tells people like, hey. Just be nice, you know. Like they they call you a name, be nice. They they whatever. And then that one guy's like, well, what if they call you? What if they call you a or call call you a? You know, then he says like a bad some word. You know, I think it's a derogatory word. He's like, well, are you? He does like. Well, okay. I mean, if you're not, then don't worry about it. You know, just go through it. It's just learning how to handle it the way that he would, I guess. And a lot so, of a lot of it's just repetition and practice. Yeah. Like I said, I got so much practice out of being a bartender. It's truly, and, and I'll, I'll say this too. I've done, I've done some nights where, um, like we talked about the health center. Um, I, I, I've done two nights at the health center where the, the, the comedians were super good. The ones that went up before me were super good. The crowd just wasn't into it. And, you know, they were talking, they were everything else. And then I get done with my set and I come backstage and one of the comedians is like, dude, like you had on me now the palm of your hand. It's a scam. They have to watch the show to get the magic trick. You know, mm -hmm. like like they can they can sit there and do what they can play on their phone and do whatever and kind of half listen to what you're saying. For me, they got to be just as focused as anybody. You know, so it makes mm -hmm. it make the the comedy shows. It makes my job a little bit easier because I have a gimmick. You know, but it, yeah, yeah. I think that when you think of um, like even when you watch like comedians with gimmicks, you know, like carrot top, you know. Right. Pulling the stuff out of out of the briefcases, um, Jeff Dunham with the puppets, right? Using the puppets to go ahead and do what he does. It's like I think always having something on stage, and I think it it doesn't hurt comics to do that. It's just having the a proper making sure that fits with your show is important. Um, so so then let's talk about doing comedy with magic, right? Because I think that like how do you, how does your focus work? Because I think for for stand up comedy, right? We know our jokes, we know how things are going to go. But and you say like you go off the fly in the, in the middle of your show, you know, like so if, you know you're at, you know your trick in the beginning, trick at the end. So when you're doing your your jokes, does it not throw you off? I mean, like because you're trying, or do you have things already set in your mind? Like you've written down this is going to go with this. This 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 will kind of blow you away. I have nothing planned, and some like, and in my in my tricks, there's there's a trick which TikTok's ruined it um, for the most part. I, I went viral. It's been two years now. I, I do I do a trick that is just a showstopper trick that I came up with. I, I came up with a routine on my own. The actual trick, other people have been doing it for ages, but I came up with a routine on my own to make it funny. Um, mm -hmm. But I did it. My girlfriend recorded it. We posted it on TikTok. I had no videos posted on TikTok. I had 30 followers. I posted it, and in three days, I got 2 million views. And it blew up. But the problem with TikTok and magic on the internet, like I picture these men beating their chest while they guess how the trick works. So all you gotta do is <laughs> and I don't I don't fight back. Like magic's not real. I'm not a wizard. Yes, there's there's um I get some heat from the magic community when I speak to high school kids. I am no different than a plumber. I have a box of tools, no different than a plumber has a box of tools. My tools look different, I use them differently, but the more I, I practice with my tools and the better I can use my tools, the more I can charge. And, um, and there's a, there's a tool, there's a way that I do the trick, but, um, let, let's, let's picture me coming into a comedy club. I go up on stage. I do my first trick. It's always going to get a few laughs, but then in the back corner, I have a group that's just not paying attention. 
I have a trick that I know that will get everyone's attention. And then once I get everyone's attention, things kind of fall into place. Now, have I done that trick before and not get everyone's attention? And then being a 400 pound man, I always like my, my go-to line is the show's really good. If you pay attention, the show's really good. If you listen, the jokes are funny. If you listen, and I'll say some one-liners like that. Um, not, I, I came up with when I first started doing comedy clubs, probably, and I, I don't, I don't do a lot of comedy shows. All my shows are comedy. Um, but as far as doing like a, like a comedy comedy club scene, I've done in my life, probably 150, maybe. But um, I used to do a show at Snowshoe on New Year's Eve every year. And the first year I kind of got heckled because people had so many drinks and everything else. So the next year I went up as the headliner. I um, I had a gag and I won't talk about it because it's kind of rated R. But I had a gag in my pocket of, of a little like a toy that was that looked like something. I'm like, hey, man, don't be one of these, you know, and like everybody mm-hmm. laughed. And then I just it's all or and like you said, too, you know, like as a comic. If, if I'm if I'm on stage doing comedy and this guy's heckling me, I'm going to put I'm going to put some heat on it. Well, in my business, you're giving me some crap. I'm going to invite you up on stage and then I'm going to make people laugh at you up on stage and make you a little nervous. And then I may even whisper in your ear, be like, man, cut me a break. You know, hey, man, give me give, give me some slack or like something while, while I let you um, exit the stage. I did a show one time at the Palette. They had an open mic night and there, I was sitting at a table making notes because sometimes I'll. I'll think before the show, like, oh, I want to do this or I want to do this. And I'll even try to pull off a trick that I've never done before. Like, oh, like, let's try to make this card appear in this guy's per- uh, gets this guy's pocket because I see that I can get something in his pocket. And at the table, the people were talking crap about all the all the people performing. So I had my notepad and I wrote on the notepad, just so you guys know, I'm the only one getting paid. If you want to heckle somebody, heckle me. And I slid it individually around the table. You know, and then, and then they stopped because then they realized, like, oh, these guys are learning. And I told him, I'm like, and I wrote again, I said, seriously, if you don't like my show, heckle me as much as you can. I could use the practice. And of course, they didn't heckle me. But um, but I kind of have like like a one up. I always have a trick to try to keep, get somebody on my side. Um, the only time I've ever failed, like I said, was at that. Um, it was a coal company show and I truly lost my cool. But it it all falls into place. Um, if if there's if I've got a trick. I've got tricks that if there's a husband and wife that I want to get up on stage, I got a trick for two people. I got tricks for three people. It just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those naggy things. And two, you know, you probably have your set memorized, you know, like for the most part, I know that I'm going to do this trick and I'm going to segue into this trick and then I'm going to go into this trick. For me, when I try to do that and have like a set list, if I forgot a trick, I panicked. Like I would, I would just get panicky and then it'd be like, how am I going to fit that trick in? Now, one thing that I don't do a good job of is like my show's not all connected. Like I'm going to come out and do mm-hmm. a card trick. And then after the card trick, we're going to talk a little bit. I'm going to, I, I overshare with who I am. Um, my show is even, even the comedy aspect. Like I want you to know who I am and know a little bit about my struggles in life and the things that I've learned about being on earth. Um, I have, I have a trick that I talk about 86,400. That's how many seconds we have in a day. And I am grateful to share these seconds with you guys, you know, in almost like the whole awe moment. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a beautiful mess, is what it is. That's how my girlfriend she described it. It's just a beautiful <laughs> mess. But yeah. So let's um I, now you brought up your your size, right? Because um, I'm a bigger guy myself too. Um, you know now, but you played you played college football. I did not. Um, I 
I play Madden. Um, hey, so that's go. good. That yeah. That's one of the reasons why I got so big. I figured, Hey man, I gotta be ready for whatever's <laughs> coming at me. Um, but no, so, so when you get on stage, right. Because I, cause I also know too, I've been watching your kind of like journey of like going to the gym and, and get trying to get yourself you know, in shape and all. So that's, that's an awesome thing. I'm doing the same thing. Um, and so what, like, where do you find comfort, I guess, in a sense, right? Because I think like, um, maybe even security, because I think sometimes when you go up, like maybe for me, like I find that um, I use self-deprecating humor a lot of times, like in regards to like my size, you know, just to kind of make, just to kind of break the, break the ground. Um, I have some jokes that I do around the idea of like dying when I'm, you know, being a fat guy, taking a shower and dying when you're, when you're taking a shower, like that's a scary thing. Right. Um, And so like, and it kind of breaks the ice a little bit. So for you being a magician, like, do you ever find like your size is a factor in like drawing people in, or do you feel like it's fun to use? Like, what do you do with that? Def- definitely use it, um, and not not so much on stage, but my personal life. I have I, I like dark humor. Um, it's terrible, you know. Like my mom, my mom passed away seventeen years ago. I make jokes that I shouldn't make jokes. I've, I don't know that I've ever, I probably have made a joke on stage once or twice if it comes up, but, um, but yeah, like, so I'll do in my card trick, the first card trick that I do, I make a joke that the card trick does a backflip and it goes down my six pack and then everyone laughs. And then I'm like, Whoa. And I'll call out some woman. I'm like, don't you laugh at that joke? That's not appropriate to laugh at that joke. And then, um, and then of course I'll like, I'll twerk my hip a little bit. Like, and I do stuff. Um, but in even, it's the weirdest thing. Like depending on how the show is being led, like I'll talk about my journey of being a college athlete and being a 300 pound stud to learning that depression was like not knowing that depression was real, getting divorced, hitting rock bottom. And then probably being, Mm -hmm. I don't know how heavy I was at my heaviest, but I was, I was over 500 pounds. Um, Sorry if you can hear that. Yeah. I don't know how to silence it. Um, There it is. I'm on my work computer. Um, but, um, but I make jokes about my weight and I make jokes like one, here's, here's the crazy thing. And I never thought about it until you brought it up. I benefit from my size because if I turn sideways, I can do anything I want to do in my pocket and the crowd can't see it. You know, like I can do magic and, and it, it's weird how years of practice, I, I move certain ways without paying attention to it, but I benefit from that. Um, and, you know, we all, all of us in the business, it's all about getting laughs. And if I make a six pack mm-hmm. joke, it's an easy laugh. It's just an easy laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I do a trick where a spectator's in front and I walk behind them and pretend like I say something like, oh, I'm sorry. And I lean over and like, I'm still here. I know you can't see me, even though it's a small little girl, you know, and it's just gets an easy laugh. Um, one of my favorite things, and I do things for myself that gets laughs because it's funny to me. Um we do a trick. It's the, it's a trick that went viral, but you take two cups, one cup's got water in it. We emptied into the empty cup and I say, just shake it. And for some reason, when they shake the empty cup, people laugh. And I point out how stupid is this crowd that they, they always laugh and people laugh at that, you know? So, so I, I use it all. Um, I joke about when I, whenever I pretend to twerk, I joke about having rhythm, which I do have rhythm. I grew up watching so train, but, um, you know, just anything and everything I can use to get a laugh. And it's really cheap laughs. Like, like it's not um, the guy that I spoke to backstage at um, the health center that one time I was like, man, like, you know, like you're to do recalls. Like uh, my favorite comedian right now that does crowd work is Nate Jackson. I just saw him Friday night in Charlotte. Like hmm. he, he will interact with someone in the crowd 
And then 30 minutes later, recall what they were talking about and make a joke out of it. Like that stuff is talent. Not average mm-hmm. Joe off the street can't do stuff like that. And and that mm-hmm. stuff's ad lived and it's in the moment. And um, I like to do stuff like that. Um, you know, typical crowd work. I'll ask people where they work. I'll do a card trick. This happened at my show. I did a show for West Liberty's um, softball team. This just being in front of all of her peers. There's about 50 people in this cottage. She was nervous. She messed up the trick twice. Well, what's your major? And oh, speech pathology. I didn't make any jokes about her being a speech pathologist. But the next person that messed up or got nervous, I said, oh, you're a speech pathologist. And they laughed, you know, like little little things like that. Yeah. That was a good question. Yes, I just had a conversation with another comedian who, um, you know, he has uh, Marfan syndrome. And so he's really tall. He's like seven foot something, you know, and he's like, you know, but he uses it for, you know, to kind of break the ice in his comedy. And it's like, I think, you know, it's one of those things where it's like finding the things that work, utilizing all the tools around us, right? You might have a briefcase with stuff, but you know what? We are our our bodies are tools you know so how do we use them how do we use our facial expressions our our hands or you know everything that we do so that's a good thing there's um the open one of the opening acts friday in charlotte she was an asian lady i wish i remembered her name um she comes out holding a microphone and i noticed she's she's holding a microphone and her hand literally looks like this i don't know if you can see my hand her hand looks like this and i noticed that she was missing fingers she went the entire set and then switched hands and showed her hand and the whole crowd was like, ooh, it was like a magic trick, you know, because no one pays attention to it. But she brought she's like, I don't know if you guys know this, but I love you. And then she was like, hang to, you know, and she made a joke out of it. But again, that's kind of who we are. I've um, been a big man. I've went to a show before and dropped food on my shirt right before I go up or, you know, be in the car and have a stain on my shirt and not know it. First thing I do is call it out. In case anybody knows, I got a rip in my jeans. It's not supposed to be there. This is what happened. I got a stain on my shirt just so we can get that out of the way so you guys aren't whispering in the back talking about me. Um, talk about being a big guy, too. Before COVID happened, I had a contract with um, with the Greenbrier. And I did, 10 shows mm-hmm. a year. I did 10 shows a year with the Greenbrier. And I did a show for um, an insurance agency. There's about 400 people in this conference room. Well, I walk in, and the stage, the stage is elevated. I'm, at this time, I was probably well over 400, probably 430, 440. And I thought, I probably should get up there and walk around. I get up and walk around the stage breaks. The stage collapsed. They didn't oh, they didn't no. have, they didn't have the like the oh. metal they didn't have the metal pieces and there was nobody in the room, but I kind of like slowly like fell to the ground and a worker <laughs> runs in and I was like, that's why when you're four hundred pounds, that's why you check it out. And it was fine after that, but had I not got up there, you know, they were walking on the stage and everything. Yeah. I'm not going out there. That would have been a disaster. Stuff like that, you know, yeah. and I, I'll make jokes about that. I've been on stage before, take a step in the stage creek. And be like, hey, just so you guys know, if I fall through the stage, it's not a magic trick, but I'll come back out. And we'll finish the show. You know, just whatever you got to use to make, you know, make the, make the crowd happy, make them laugh. Yeah, that's good. That's good. So um, when you think about what's going on in entertainment, right, we just uh, we, we just think about like what's happening on stages around. You think about comedy, you can think about magic, you think about all that stuff. What do you think is good? Oh right now and what do you think is not good right now wow what a question um i'm pro social media i'm pro content i'm pro social media i think that um i think the more content that, like let, let me start over there is enough in this world for all of us to eat mm-hmm. you know now, of course too the entertainment world like the comedy club scene that kind of stuff like it it's a little cutthroat you know people undercut each other 
But I, I always go back to like, there's seven, seven billion people on earth. If seven billion people are on earth, let's say eight, eight, let's say four billion of them have TikTok. Why don't we all just follow one another and flood everybody's page? And then we all are making content and we're all getting paid making content because we're supporting each other and the businesses have to pay us. Um, but I, I like I like this, the TikTok. I think making content is hard. Of course, you know, I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't make my own podcast, but because I edit my own videos, I can only imagine that time that you put in making a podcast. Um, but I, I think the social media aspects is fun. I think that people being open to seeing different forms of entertainment like this crowd work push. Um, what I do hate, I do, I do not like this whole crowd work stuff. For me, crowd work's more fun in a comedy club that seats about 300, not an auditorium that seats 2,000. Um, Nate Jackson, the guy mm -hmm. that I saw this past week, this is the third time I've seen him. He's hilarious every time, hilarious every time. But he literally has a camera guy that, because he pick, he, he, he calls it cooks. He's going to cook you. He's going to make fun of you. He's going to do this. Like He goes after people. And literally goes after everything about them. Calls them, you know, characters like you, know, you look at like Harry Potter. What do you do for a living? Just and it's all funny. But mm -hmm. he literally had a camera guy zooming into people on the uh, um, upper upper deck, and he would turn around and look at the screen and have his back to us while he's talking to people on the screen. Uh -huh. And and I can appreciate him trying to be different, and I can understand that like he's going after the money because if he can sell out two thousand seats, why would he sell out three hundred? And why would he do four shows at 300 a piece instead of one show at 1200? So I appreciate him doing what he's doing, but that's not what like that. It's not going to last. It's kind of like Matt Reif. Mm -hmm. When Matt Reif did his special, you know, people hated on him. Well, that's not who he is. You love him because of his crowd work in a, in a comedy club. Mm -hmm. You don't love him in an auditorium where there's 2000 people. It plays different, you know? Right. So, so that aspect, I think, I think social media has made some people get too big too fast. Um, but I just, I, I think that, after COVID, people are craving entertainment and they value entertainment more. You yeah. know, like it's, it's like it's like these comedy like, you know, I live in I live in Winfield, which is between Huntington, Charleston. It's crazy the amount of open mic nights that get 20 to 30 people coming. You know, Hell Streets, the Hell Center is packed every Saturday night. Now, whether they're there to watch comedy or not, I don't really understand what's going on because the way the the way the customers act when they get there. <laughs> but it's but it's like people want to go out and be entertained. You know, mm -hmm. like they, like my show, it's I don't know if you saw my recent post. So um, Kevin Hart apparently is coming to Charleston. Yes. Okay. <laughs> which is crazy to me that Kevin Hart's coming to the municipal auditorium, which has like 2000 seats as opposed to the Civic Center because he sells out arenas. But it's the same. Of course, it's the same day that my show is. And I'm not hating on it. I'm just going to make a joke. You know, I'm, I made the Facebook post. like, OK, now we know why he's not at the Civic Center because they're afraid he's not going to sell so many tickets because I'm going to pick up 200 tickets at the Auburn Theater. But, you know, like and how how grateful and how thankful we will be being on stage. Let's say there's 80 people in the, sh in, in the crowd. Thank you for choosing to come. Mm -hmm. here, not going there. You know, like yeah. you had an opportunity to go see one of the best, but you came here. So, th you know, and I, I can't wait to get out on stage. The person asked me if I wanted to cancel. Hey, do you want to move the date? Do you want to do this? Like, no, I don't like people have already bought tickets. We've already sold 40 tickets. Like, I'm not refunding 40 yeah. people that chose to come and see me. You know, but but there's enough to go around. Yeah. You know, there's enough to go around. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good mindset to have. I mean, I think that because I've known comedy shows or people say, you know what? Hey, there's a like I had a, a show going on um, 
or a show that was scheduled anyway down in southern West Virginia and uh, had somebody like basically it was a like um, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra or something that was coming in. And they were like, hey, we're going to go ahead and cancel your show because pe- people are going to go to that. I'm like, do you, do you not think there's going to be like 50 people who aren't going to go to that that would come to, you Everybody's know, but, go to that. yeah, I mean, it's like, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I'm not bashing it. I get it. Business is business. But at the same time, you're like, oh, come on. You know, like, like sometimes we got to be willing to just take the risk and just make it work. You know, my, my play on social media is going to be when people are like, every time someone complains about how expensive it's got to be expensive, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart in that, if he can sell out an arena in Charlotte, and you're selling out the arena, so the ticket prices are hundred dollars plus. How much are they going to? How much are nosebleeds going to be at the municipal when there's only twelve hundred tickets? It's mm-hmm. got to be two hundred, three hundred dollars a piece. Okay, we'll come here for twenty. Not the same. I'm not saying it's the same, but come enjoy your time and laugh for twenty dollars and spend the rest of it on your children. You know that. Right. Like I've I've already started thinking of how I'm going to play it. Um, I've I've had two people, two people that are connected with the civic center is like, Hey, like if we can get you on or get you a part of this, like, would you want to be a part of it? No, I'm busy. You know, now granted, if you can be, if you can get me being an opening act for Kevin Hart, how he doesn't have his own opening act. I know he does, but if like, I told, I told the guy, I'm like, if something happens and someone's like, Hey, do you want to do a 15 minute opening act for Kevin Hart? Yes. I'm canceling my show. You know, I can't pass, <laughs> it up, but that's not going to happen. You know, in a dream world, that's not going to happen. But but no man, there's enough people in this world, and of course too. I know you're pro- how far are you from Charleston? Two hours, two and a half. How far is Elkins? Two and a half. Yeah, about two and a half. Two and a half hours is a long drive. Here, you know, but even two and a half hours, like two and a half hours to come to Charleston to see Kevin Hart is easy compared to going to Charlotte, going to Cleveland, you know, and like around here between Huntington mm-hmm. Charleston, I get aggravated. You know, I've got this show coming up, and my friends, I'm from Kentucky. My friends in Kentucky are like, man, but it's an hour drive. An hour is not far. You know, a, a one hour one way, mm-hmm. one hour back. Like, if you lived in Charlotte to drive across town, it takes an hour. You know, everybody wants to live this big city mm-hmm. feel and have all this stuff to do. Well, if you lived in Orlando, it takes an hour to go 20, 20 miles. You know, but pe- people around mm-hmm. here, that's, that's the one frustrating thing that I have about our community is people don't realize that sometimes you have to sacrifice a little bit of time to make things grow. I'm excited about what Charleston's doing, though, man. We're they got some big acts coming. Yeah, I mean, I was down there to watch a uh, Fortune Feimster in uh, in Nate Bergetzi. Um, hilarious. Yeah. Nate, Nate, I was at Nate. Um, his dad. Well, you saw his dad. Oh yeah. And you know, and this is this is a very this is arrogant. And I'm I'm one of the most humble people you'll ever talk to, and that's not a very humble statement, but I really am. <laughs> um, I was frustrated with his dad. His dad. I I loved his dad more than I loved him. I really did. I enjoyed his dad's just everything that his dad did. I enjoyed mm-hmm. more than I, more, more than Nate. Nate's almost way too. If I'm going to go to a comedy show, like he's almost way too clean for me. Like he's like he's like BFF that you want to be around your family. But um, but I got frustrated leaving because like I can do that show that his dad did. I can enter mm-hmm. like in my mind, it's always can I entertain this crowd? Like can I do my show and entertain this crowd? Well, his show wasn't much much different than what my show is. You know, now granted, I'm a different mm-hmm. person, um, but it, it was awesome. God, it was so awesome. He he has a tour himself and sells out because, yeah. of course, you know, with the fame that he's got from his son, which I think is awesome. Like, I'm not close to my yeah. parents. My, my mom's passed and my dad, he's he's my dad. But how cool would it be to tour with, you You know, with a close family relative and be successful like that? Um, yeah. You said Bert, Bert Kreisner? Who else do you see? No, no, no. I saw uh, Fortune, Fortune Feimster. Yeah, she was awesome too. Her opening act—I don't remember who she was. She was awesome. 
Um, Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin Falupo. Yes. I try to support them all. I try to go to every show I can, especially the local ones. Um, Mm -hmm. Bert. And then of course, Tom, Tom Segura. Um, Mm -hmm. God, Howie, Howie Mandel's coming to Ashland. Oh, Uh, cool. Yeah. Which I like, I, I've never, I've never seen him do stand up, but I, I think I'm going to go just because I want to see it. And again, trying to be a steward of of the business of the art, I enjoy watching how these guys do things. Mm-hmm. You know, like and and my favorite quote, and this is terrible, but my favorite quote is, "All artists are thieves; the best steal the most." You know, and I hear these little nuggets. And um, Nate Jackson in Charlotte, he he called me out for pulling my phone out, but he said something. I pulled my phone out. And I'm making a note, like <laughs> you know, because I'm going to spin it my own way. But man, what you know, I, I don't remember what he said. But um, but yeah, you know, you got to You got to watch. Cool. Got to watch it to grow. Yeah, man. Always got to be learning. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, if, um, if people want to find you, how do they find you? What are what are what are ways Easy. they can track you down? Easiest way is go to my website. It's just joeystep.com. It's j o e y s t e p p dot com. Joeystep with two p's. It's got everything there. It's links to my TikTok, to my Instagram, to my Facebook. There's places where you can ask for show stuff. Like that's. For for years, I thought I'll just have a Facebook page, and this you talk about a scam too. I'll just have a Facebook page. I'll have a Facebook page. I don't need to have a website. It is wild how people hear that you have a website, and they're like, "Wow, you have your own website! Wow, it's your name!" Mm-hmm. And like, dude, I made it for like sixteen dollars. You know what I mean? Like two dollars a month. Yeah. But don't mean like it's crazy. Like it's super. My my kid updates it for me because I forget. You know, but I, mm-hmm. I once my business started growing, um, which is my business humbly, my business has been. As big as I can handle because I have a full time job. I'm a school counselor during the day, um, right. but but the shows the shows have get gotten more expensive and bigger, you know. So That's, but once that yeah. started happening, the websites made things easier just because it's a hub, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Well, awesome, dude. Well, hey, it's been uh, it's been great having you on, and um, you know, I'm sure we'll be t- I'm sure I'll have you on again sometime, and hopefully, yeah. you know, we can work together soon. That'd be awesome. Appreciate it, man. You have a good day. Thank you. All right, man. Bye. All right. So that was my conversation with Joey Stepp. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, again, um, catch up with me, Facebook, online, Instagram, and uh, just be ready to join in the conversation. If you like what you're hearing, please like, share, subscribe, all that. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.